evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, Roughneck Scarves, and Icarus FC. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of the USL Championship. Tonight, we're going to talk about the first loss of the season. Uh, I guess technically this is still continuing the the losing streak from the end of last year. <laughs> uh, we could talk about uh, maybe some some reasons why that's happening. Uh, including a a little bit of a superstitious one. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> we've got some USL news to talk about. Not not anything big, but you know, just keeping up with the league. If you guys want to make sure you know what's going on down here uh, in the USL, and uh, of course, we're going to preview the match against the Hartford Athletic this Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Oh boy! Oh boy! Joining me tonight, as most of the time, it's Mister <laughs> Josteen. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, good. It would have been a nice to open up the season with a win, but uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. And um, looks like they'll try and get back at it on Friday. Yeah, I got a good amount of egg on my face. I was like, well, if they have a lot of first-team players, I'm, I'm sure that they'll be able to get a result. Oof, that was not the case here. No, no. Uh, there was a, um, it, there, a lot of miscues going forward, and um, unfortunately, you know, the going forward, they looks pretty disjointed at times in the first half. They got really get some chances, but, um, unfortunately nothing came of them and they're still looking for their first goal in the year. Yep. And you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. If you, if you look at this team and we talked about having such a short preseason heading into the year, considering that they looked at about where you would expect I think that there was a lot of uh, disjointed play. Actually, let's let's do this. We'll do positives first, then we'll talk about the negatives. Uh, first thing, and oh, I forgot to mention that uh, we have him on the show tonight. It's Wallace Lapsley's. He's going to be uh, not Lapsley's. It's not a, a plural. Don't know what happened there. Wallace <laughs> Lapsley. He's on the show tonight. Uh, really great young player to talk to, and. Uh, First performance in net for the Red Bulls, too, and he looked great. I thought he had a, a really great game. He had one moment that was a little bit dicey where uh, he had an extra touch uh, as Guinzetti was uh, charging him down, but he managed to not make too much of a mess of that, and I thought focused up. He, he had a real nice uh, time coming off the line and sort of judging that. The goal, maybe you can throw a little bit of fault his way. I think it's a tough one because he was in traffic, but overall, a, a really positive start for him. Yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with all the points. I thought he commanded the line well. He knew when to come off, when to stay. Uh, I thought his actually his his distribution was good. Something that I think maybe Evan lacked a little bit. Um, you know, he didn't really mess up with uh, you know getting the ball out of the back for his first game. I thought he did very well. Uh, the goal, I don't really think there was just much he can do. I think it was just a great shot from Fernandez. Um, for the most part, though, I thought, he, you know, you mentioned the extra touch. It's, there was a couple times where he took an extra touch where I was where I kind of you hold your breath a minute. Yeah. Holding holding my breath a little bit on that one. Um, but, you know, he made some great saves. You know, he you know, he, he came out. He tried that, you know, he charged the ball well. Um, and I thought, you know, he bailed out a the back line quite a few times in this game. Yeah, I agree. I think the back line. They struggled a little bit because of the struggles further up the pitch. Uh, but another positive I want to call out on the back line, uh, Joe Fala, his first yeah. professional match, I think, as a center back. And considering that he's been a striker his whole life, again, another guy I thought adapted pretty well. I was worried about um, what he would look like defending with the ball on the ground, and I thought he did a decent job. Yeah, I thought he, you know, I thought he did everything pretty well and then you know of course the injury to to Roy Boateng was um unfortunate stop stop and, trying to jump into the topics for later <laughs> uh I put I yeah like you mentioned you know he convert you know converted from striker and they kind of played the three at the back with with Egbo um Egbo kind of tucking in and playing a little deeper so I, I but I thought they you know for the most part he did a good job for someone converting and you know really kind of held down his side his side of the line yeah, and you mentioned Egbo and uh, Samad Bonthong uh, 
got his first start as left back. Okay. Okay. Stuff from both guys. They didn't really stand out in either way, which to me is a good thing. I think uh, I didn't look at them and say like, oh, you, you really blew it on this particular play. Uh, but they didn't all, they also didn't do anything spectacular that made me really call out other uh, contributions, but okay. Good from them. Yeah, I thought, well, you know, he had he had some good moments, and then he had some moments where, um, you know, he it was kind of you know, it, they they weren't so great, yeah. and you know, you know, especially you know, diving in a couple challenges, and his distribution was a little bit shaky at times. But again, he's brand, you know, he he just joined the team towards the end of preseason, and you know, he's still trying to fit in to you know the style and everything and adapt, you know. So getting him minutes at Red Bulls too will help, and you know, I. He didn't really. He didn't play the whole game. I think he was subbed off. Yes, I think it was around mani- like managing his 60. minutes. Yeah, so about 55, 60 minutes. So, you know, we'll we'll see how, going forward. I mean, his first game, I'm not really going to harp on you know his performance too much. Yeah, that's only his second time playing with the twos. Uh, he played once with them in preseason, and like I said, I think you could see that around the pitch that everybody just looked like uh, they were still coming up to speed. Uh, Omir in attack, I think physically he struggled a little bit and we could talk about that later but there were moments especially in the first half where he found space as well and created danger uh he was just lacking that end product yeah i thought you know he he definitely had a couple really good chances and you know chances that i think because of his performances with the first team we've we expected him to we expect him to convert but i thought he did a good job you know he found like you mentioned he found space you know he made those runs when they had those counterattacks, even to draw defenders away which you know, forwards don't get a lot of credit for. Um, he opened up a lot of space for his teammates, but again, lacking that end product where I think we kind of expect a little bit better from him. Yeah. And uh, last but not least of, of the positives, I think uh, Elney and uh, and Omar So, they looked really good off the bench. I thought they, they combined really well. Obviously, they brought a different level of physicality to the match, which I think was desperately needed. Mm-hmm. And Elney gets the best chance of the night. Uh, a nice header from, I think it was across from Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, they have a, a decent goalkeeper in Tampa Bay, and Evan Loro, <laughs> and he's able to, to stop the shot basically on the line. Um, but I think it speaks to the need to see those kinds of uh, guys together uh, on the pitch more often. Yeah, I thought, you, you know, you, again, you hit the nail on the head. I thought they brought a physicality into the game i thought elmy's and so both of their hold-up play was really good i thought they were able to get and you know make darting runs into the box you know try and impact the game with the ball at their feet again you mentioned elmy's header which is a really good save by loro um and again it was a really crude cross from jared who i i liked how jared also one thing i wanted to point out jared kind of took the reins in the second half and tried to get on the ball more yeah and try and impact the game i think in the first half he kind of you know, he, he he was in and out of the game a little bit, and I think he said, all right, you know, this was a team that I was on last year. I, I played really well for this team, and, I'm, you know, there's a big things expected of me, especially if, you know, I want to get into um, the senior team and make a run in there. So he kind of took over the game. He definitely was one of the ones who created the chances. But, again, I, I really liked the impact of Elney. And so I think uh, just based on the first game, you can see – a lot more confidence in Elney this year, I think, as opposed to last year, because he's he think he knows he's going to get consistent game time, and he I think he knows that they're looking to him, and so as the guys that they're going to need going forward to um, to score goals this year. So I really liked the impact I the the impact they brought. I thought, um, and I thought you know they they looked more likely to score in the second half towards the end than they did at all in the and in the beginning of the second half. Yeah, I would say even maybe for any point in the game, there maybe there's a couple of moments in the first half, but yeah, second half much better. Now on to the negatives. Uh, I think uh, Chris Lemma, Ben Mines, and Alex Muiel struggled badly in this match, even to just find it really. I think I mentioned this earlier, Mines physically just against that back line, it was a, a big mismatch and, uh, he got lost a lot in terms of, uh, especially when the ball was in the air. He did manage to get his head to a header, but I think it it shows uh, the things that I've been critical about Ben in the past uh, are mostly about his decision making um, in the final third and how quickly 
you need to make a decision there. And he still shows that he struggles with that. And then you, you sort of compound that difficulty uh, with being able to get muscled off the ball or just kind of like uh, uh, boxed out at times. And, mm-hmm. and he really struggled in that way, which you talked about Jared before, you know, kind of left him on an Island at times in this match where maybe he would get the ball out wide, but wouldn't have an outlet. I think uh, Samad, a little bit more trouble getting up and down the wing than maybe a more seasoned player, but I think he can work on that. Alex on the outside, I thought just looked completely disinterested and maybe I don't blame him entirely because it's tough when you're a first team guy and you're dropping down the pecking order. We know they've been looking for a winger for quite a while. Josh Sims comes in, Florian Velo is healthy for the first team and Alex is on the outside for the first time, maybe ever really for the Mm -hmm. Red Bulls. And so I know that uh, that's got to be a big disappointment for a guy like him. And you could see it in the way he played. We've we've seen that with with Derek Etienne in the past where uh, he dropped down to the two team and maybe struggled a little bit because he he knows that he's a step above this level and that can be tough for a player. But um, I'm hoping that like Etienne last season – you saw him, you know, really take it seriously when he did come down to the second team and it earned him some minutes, but unfortunately, you know, we know how that story ended. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think, I thought Alex really did. He did not have a good game. Uh, both him and Ben, I think they kind they didn't, they didn't combine well on the counterattacks. I think there was a couple instances in the first half where they had a four on three or three on two and it was a wayward pass. There was a couple you know, there was just a lot of miss. You know, there was a wayward pass. There was a couple, you know, bad touches. There was just there was just a lot of miscue going forward. And it, you know, again, you mentioned they left. They kind of left Jared on an island, and it they just didn't look. They, they didn't look the part for most of the game. I mean, you know, anytime you know they had a chance to go forward, and you know, you know, there was a you know, they just didn't have. They didn't have the fluidity that we're so used to see this used to seeing this team play with when they go forward that, you know, when they get a when they get a counterattack, you know, usually it ends up in a goal in this game. Whenever they had a counterattack, you were just kind of waiting for something to go wrong. If the first 15 minutes taught you anything in this game, it was that they were going to have plenty of possession, but there was going to be really no end product. Yeah. And that's pretty much what was the story this entire game. Well, the biggest story for me in this game and it. It's a sad story for sure. The injury to Roy Boateng. I think, um, I th- I believe that it's a muscle tear, um, if I remember correctly. But considering it looked like it could have been a knee injury, and the severity of uh, you know players picking up knee injuries on turf could be uh, a big problem. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's not going to be out long. It's it's awful to see him go out again after being out injured for. A, pretty much all of last year we talked about how he's got to be a, a sort of a big presence this year and kind of stake his claim to the spot so uh, definitely a disappointment seeing him go down the way that he did yeah it was you know uh, you know when i was i was I unfortunately didn't wasn't able to make it out to montclair but i was watching it um from home and you know when he kind of went down i i at first i was i i kind of I thought, oh man, I really hope it's not a knee injury. But learning after the game that it was it was a muscle injury, and you know, in fact, the tear isn't good, but it's better than a knee injury because you're out really long term then, and then, you know, that's that's another year that he's going to miss. So hopefully, it's not anything too serious, so we can see him back this year. Uh, I thought he kind of, you know, before he went off, you know, he was kind of start he, he started off shaky, but it was kind of getting into the game, and then unfortunately that happened. So. Uh, definitely wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, don't quote me on the muscle tear. I'm not 100% positive okay. that's what it was, but uh, I believe it was muscle-related, and it was not uh, knee-related. I know for a fact it wasn't knee-related, but I believe it was muscle-related. Um, I think John said something in the... I'll look for the post-game comment. Yeah, yeah there you go. I believe he said something. You you mentioned possession. They controlled it 62-38, to 38, 11 shots, but only two on target, and one of those is from Elney. So that really tells you how much they struggled earlier in the match. Uh, Omir was able to get a shot. Uh, Jared Stroud, two key passes in this match. Uh, definitely down from his, I think it was like about six uh, a year ago uh, per match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Omar So, in his short uh, appearance, 
also created two chances. So not bad. Not bad to see that. We talked about how he should be a big player this year, and uh, he certainly looked the part in his short cameo this weekend, or this past weekend, and I hope we get to see more of him uh, coming up against Hartford. Uh, John said it was a quad strain. Yeah, okay, the, strain. So that's even better, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah, so the fact uh, that it's not anything too serious, you know, hopefully it's not too serious, and we'll see him back sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk man of the match. Who you got? Um, I'm going to give it to Wallace Lapsley. Uh, I thought he did a good job in goal, commanded the line well, um, really kind of, I think, prevented this game from for a key uh, from getting out of hand at points and i thought he did a great job just overall and you know first uh first professional game and you know you would have thought he was uh he'd been a mainstay in the team for a little while yeah i i agree with that i think he was a critical at times we know that the fragility of the uh four triple two is that when teams break there's really not a lot of cover uh if you get caught up the field and so for a keeper to, to be able to time when he leaves his line or you know when he makes the move to go out at the attacker is critical. And a lot of times when you see really big goalkeepers, real tall guys, that's the place where I think they're, they're lacking most, the uh, anticipation of the movement. And it's tough as a goalkeeper to, to really time out when you should go out and, and um, attack the ball, essentially. And so when players are dribbling in, you have to watch for when they take their touch and move the ball away from the body. It's the same thing as a defender when you're going to make a tackle. The player, you wait for the ball to leave their foot and then you make your move. And you kind of have to, it's a waiting game, almost like chicken, that you're waiting for them to make their move before you make their yours. And sometimes that could be a little bit infuriating or, or difficult to, to watch if you get beat. But uh, again, it's a critical part of being able to do the job properly and I thought Wallace's timing was phenomenal. It, it, really, really good stuff. And uh, considering he isn't who we expect to be the number one because Kendall's on the the first team, mm-hmm. that that speaks really well to the the depth of the position. And you know, should there be injury issues with anyone up top, where you know, if it's Ryan or David Jensen. Um, that there's a very capable goalkeeper waiting in the wings to help out on the twos. So Wallace, congrats. You're our first man of the match and our first guest or player of the year. Boom. Uh, to tease, to tease his interview before we get to that, because we're going to, we're going to take a break in a moment. Uh, most unexpected player pick for the, for the bad haircut. I would say, <laughs> Uh, I I think of all the players that we've ever had on, he does something that no one else has ever done. And so uh, look out for that <laughs> in a moment. Okay, let's very quickly run down uh, the matches in the East. I'm not going to talk about the West right now. You guys know this. There's too many teams to talk about everybody. So we're just going to quickly run down. Only three teams uh, did not play in the Eastern Conference this past weekend. Birmingham Legion, Hartford Athletic, and Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So nothing on them. We'll start up top. St. Louis, 4-1 over Miami FC. Indy 11, 4-2 over Memphis. Charlotte, 2-1 over Sporting Kansas City 2. That's just weird for me to say. Uh, Louisville, 1-0 over North Carolina FC. Charleston, 1-0 over Atlanta United 2. You know what happened with Tampa Bay. Loudoun and Philadelphia Union. So D.C. in the Union, 0-0 draw. Uh, and yeah, that's it. That's all the matches in the East St. Louis up top because of the goal differential. They won four to one over newcomers, Miami, Miami FC at the bottom. Red Bulls currently sitting in 14th place. It'll be interesting to see how that changes moving forward. Uh, last but not least, before we go to break very quickly, the first team of the week is out and, uh, I'll just quickly run down all the players that made it. Brandon Miller, Charlotte Independence, uh, goalkeeper. Defenders, Mauricio Cuevas of LA Galaxy 2. Kyle Nelson, Charleston Battery. Callum Montgomery, San Antonio FC. Midfielders, Todd Wharton, Wharton, sorry, St. Louis FC. Cameron Dunbar, Los Dos. 
Cristiano Francois, we know him really well, but he's at Reno 1868 now. Russell Cicerone, St. Louis FC. And then the three forwards, uh, two guys I don't think are any surprise, and then one that maybe is a little bit. Tyler Pasher, Indy 11. He had a really fantastic match, two goals and an assist. Uh, Rufat Dadashoff, Phoenix Rising FC. Azerbaijani International. And he scores a hat-trick in his first match with uh, Phoenix. Congrats, Rufat. And then, of course, Solomon Asante picking up where he left off. New season, still making it happen. Two assists in that match in Phoenix's win. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll hear from Wallace Lapsley. Stick around. back we've got our first new red bull 2 player of the year it's wallace lapsley wallace thanks for joining the show absolutely my pleasure thanks for uh thanks for having me on i said your name right i should have confirmed beforehand but that's right right <laughs> no yeah you, you, nailed it. you nailed it oh good i messed up chris lemma's name uh notoriously so uh, i always like to make sure but normally i do that beforehand no worries. You, you got it right. <laughs> so uh, you got to make your professional debut this past weekend. Probably not uh, the result necessarily that you were looking for, but how did it feel to be out there? Um, yeah, no, just like you said, it would, would have been better to, to round that up with three points, but still an awesome, uh, an awesome experience. I mean, something that I've been kind of working up to for the last kind of 22 years of my life. So it was uh, pretty surreal. Like there was a moment during the national anthem, and I was like, "Wow, this is uh, this is pretty cool to be out here." But then um, once the game got going, I just kind of got into the game and was just enjoying it and doing my best to to help the team in any way that I could. You had a moment early in the match. Uh, you attempted to play the ball a little bit out of the back, and it was maybe the best kind of mistake that a, a young player can have because. You know, you get a little bit punished for it, but certainly not uh, severely so. Maybe gives you a little pause. But uh, in that moment, were you thinking, oh, my God, this is a nightmare? Uh, yeah, you're, talk- you're talking about uh, when Gonzati was fresh- pressuring yeah. me. And kind of, Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, definitely one that a learning experience for sure. And going forward, I'll be able to get the ball off my foot a little bit quicker. But, yeah, no, as soon as uh, – as soon as, as soon as he deflected it, I was like, all right, I just got to do my best to, to fix this before it becomes a bigger problem. And then once I got the got the ball back in my hands, definitely kind of let out a little sigh of relief. And I was like, yeah, it could have been a lot, a lot worse. But, um, yeah, no, it ended, ended up working out. And like you said, it's kind of nice to make a mistake and not be uh, not be punished for it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just it, it almost like it gets the jitters out, too, in that moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was like, yeah, there's only, only up from here for sure. So I, I don't think a lot of Red Bull fans uh, really knew much about you heading into the team. Uh, walk me through your journey. When when did you start playing? Um, I mean, so I grew up playing uh, playing soccer, just like kind of little kid, three on three and stuff like that. But I'd sort of, I think a big moment for me in my career, my family moved to Mexico when I was uh, 10 years old. We moved to a place uh, called San Cristobal de las Casas in the state of Chiapas, which is all the way down in the, in the south of Mexico. Um and it was there that I started playing uh, goalkeeper at uh, this club called uh, Pachuca Zuli, um, which is in uh, just in just in a park in uh, San Cristobal. So, actually, I got there the first day, and I didn't speak really any Spanish, but I had a Osvaldo Sanchez jersey, who was the at the time the Mexican national team goalkeeper. So, and I was pretty tall for my age, so I was a bit taller than everybody else. So, right from the right from the get go, they were like, "Yeah, portero, put me in goal." Um, and then ever since then, I've been playing in goal. How old? Uh, sorry, you said you were about 10 when that happened? I was about 10 when I started and then came back and played a bunch of other sports. And then kind of going into going into high school, I started kind of playing serious club soccer and played basketball as well in, as well in uh, high school. But those were kind of my main sports. How long did you live in Mexico? Uh, we lived there just over a year. So I did uh, my fifth grade, fifth grade year of school there. Very interesting. I feel like... Uh... I, what I was going to ask about, you know, being a tall guy like you are, 
you know, 90% of people that interact with you probably ask, do you play basketball? Uh, but, you know, heading down to Mexico, that's probably not going to be a question that anyone's going to ask. Yeah, no, soccer's, soccer's definitely number one there. There's actually uh, a decent amount of basketball that got played, but um, no, soccer was, was what everybody wanted to do, first and foremost, for sure. And you came back and started playing other sports. Was there, was there a particular feeling um, in those other pursuits where you felt like maybe uh, you had a different calling, or, or did soccer stick out right away? Um, no, I mean, I just was always kind of a and still I'm kind of like an active kid and wanted to be outside and playing whatever sport it was. And for a while, it's like whatever sport was in season was my favorite sport. Um, but yeah, no, I really like basketball. That was something that I spent a lot of time playing in high school. Um, but it got to the point kind of my, my sophomore year that I realized that I could, uh, I could be pretty good at pretty good at soccer and maybe try to get myself a college education out of it. So it was, it was really then that I kind of started buckling down on it and focusing on it more than, uh, more than other things. And going into college, did you have an idea at that point that you were going to be pursuing a professional career or did that kind of just manifest? No, I mean, I think, yeah, it was, it was something that became kind of like my, at the end of my junior year, going into my senior year, kind of became like a, like a real tangible possibility for me. So, uh, it was super exciting, but no, I mean, I think like when I was 15 years old, I, couldn't get the ball out of my out of the goal out of, out of the 18 yard box from my goal kicks and so then at, at that moment I was, it was uh <laughs> see myself playing in college was a far was a far uh, far leap and then to even consider playing professional was like almost uh impossible in my mind but I kind of just kept sort of taking things day by day and then um was super fortunate to be around some great coaches in high school some great coaches in college some great teammates who uh who helped me improve and ultimately put myself in an opportunity to to keep to keep playing as professional and um that was definitely an opportunity that I wasn't going to pass up so was was happy to be able to graduate in December and get my degree and then just just uh go for it all out in terms of soccer that's that's really interesting that you would have trouble with the goal kicks uh, cuz you know that's such a huge component of uh, of being a goalkeeper what was what were those moments like when you were when you were struggling there and uh, who helped you through it yeah i mean i first started playing club soccer i had like the center back would have to come over and take the goal kicks and i was like all right this is kind of embarrassing <laughs> i gotta i gotta work on this so literally i would go like me and my dad would go he's a high school teacher so we'd go over to the school that he teaches at and we had a bag of balls and i would literally just kick and kick and kick and kick and kick and work and then we'd like go home and like watch videos on youtube about of like professional goalkeepers kicking and stuff like that. And just, I don't know. I, I had a lot of coaches who were really patient with me and, um, helped me figure out what, what the best, what the best way for me to, to be successful was, but no, it was a lot of, it was a lot of hard work and it's definitely something, um, that I think could have turned me away from the game early on, but I kind of just sort of stuck with it and didn't worry too much about making mistakes, which I think is, uh, it's a good thing for a goalkeeper in general because, unfortunately, like mistakes are going to happen. You're going to see goals. You're going to do whatever. Things aren't going to go your way. But being able to kind of bounce back and just move on to the next play is uh, something that, that I think is really important. That's definitely the worst part of the position or even playing anywhere on the back line that the mistakes are, are highlighted because normally there's a tangible result of those mistakes is that you get yeah. a goal or, you know, a penalty, something really bad. And that is, is absolutely a hard thing, I think, for a lot of players to get over. Yeah, no, I think it can get a little lonely back there, especially when you when you let in the soft one or whatever. But you also have an opportunity to to make big saves and to to keep your team in it and to be part of great kind of great plays and great moments that are kind of turning points in games or seasons. So I kind of relish those and just think about even in training if I'm getting hammered or we're doing crossing and finishing and we're conceding a lot. I just think about these saves that I'm making now or potential game winning saves um, in a match. So not to get too discouraged, but just to keep, uh, keep working and keep improving. And when you were growing up, did you have like, uh, you grew up with MLS, obviously, cause you're, you're kind of a young guy. Uh, were you watching any of that? Did you have any favorite goalkeepers maybe around the world that you were uh, paying attention to? Yeah. So, uh, I can't remember how old I was when the Sounders began, but Casey Keller was started and going, he, he, him being a guy from the Pacific Northwest and he ended up going to, uh, I think he played at Portland. Um, 
in college. So he was somebody who I definitely emulated and was a, was a big fan of. And then, like internationally, I always always uh, admired uh, John Luigi Buffon and the stuff that he did for both Juventus and then um, for the Italian national team. So those were a couple of, couple couple of main guys. And then this guy, uh, I, I can't remember his his first name, but they, his nickname was Conejo, which means like rabbit. They called him El Conejo Perez. He was a goalkeeper in Mexico. I think he just retired, but he was at the time. When I was down there, he played for uh, for Cruz Azul. Um, so he was somebody who I uh, who I watched a lot and was a big fan of. And speaking specifically about Buffon, it was it's amazing to watch him play sometimes because he just it was like a magician that you couldn't get the ball past him, and it, it was almost infuriating if you were rooting for another team. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. I think like the way that he reads the game, and understands situations, and can put put his own players in the right in the right places to even prevent shots and chances for their team from even happening. I think it's part of the reason why he's been able to play so long and, um, and, and been able to have all the success that he's had. That, that's another one of those underrated qualities. I think of a goalkeeper is their ability to organize around the back line. Cause you know, they get the, so much of soccer is, is um, <clears throat> people paying attention to goals and paying attention to assists, but there's so much more that's happening out there. And, and for a goalkeeper, that's, that's a huge thing that I think is often overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's difficult to measure. It's kind of one of those intangibles, but I think if, uh, if a goalkeeper gets it right, then it can have a really, uh, really positive impact, not only on the team, but I mean, for me, it's always, it's always helped me stay engaged in the match and, and be prepared for, because you never know. I mean, some days it's just the one opportunity to make a save or the one chance for the other team. You got to kind of spring into action. So for me, communication's always been a good way to, to stay engaged in the play as well as uh, help my teammates out. Now, looking at the season ahead, do you have any personal goals that you, you're looking to meet? Is it just, you know, playing as much as you can? Is there like a specific like cap uh, amount that you want to get to? I mean, I'm not too focused on um, specific numbers. I mean, any way that I can help uh, Red Bulls two, or even or even the first team is 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 what I want to be doing. So if it's playing games for Red Bulls two and helping us win and pushing pushing the Eastern Conference and making a run deep into the playoffs for Red Bulls two, then it's great. If it's helping out of the first team in training, if it's if it's uh, pushing the level there with with Kendall, Ryan, and David, and helping those guys um, be prepared for the matches, whatever the club needs me to do is um, is what I'm prepared to do. And then also on a personal note, just keep developing, keep improving. I think. Um, one of the reasons I'm super excited to be part of the Rebel organization is the emphasis they put on developing younger players and um, not only giving guys opportunities, but helping guys along and kind of pushing their boundaries and helping them improve into, into career professionals, which is, um, which is something that I want to be. And that group that you mentioned, Kendall, Ryan, and David, I mean, those are all seasoned professionals. Has that been uh, a good experience for you to be around those guys? Absolutely. It's been great. I mean, um, just the, the goalkeeper union group in, in general headed off by uh, Preston Burpo with the first team and then Vidim with the U.S. with the U.S. group in terms of coaches. It's been great. All those guys have been super welcoming um, and giving me lots of good advice. And it's been great to hear people's different perspective. Kendall, kind of a little bit of a younger guy, his experiences in Portland and kind of going through the situation where I am now or starting with the USL team and working his way up to, to playing in first team matches for the Timbers and Ryan, who's been around um, the MLS for so long and has got so much experience. And then David coming from playing in Holland and, and getting experience with the Danish national team and all that kind of stuff. It's been great to kind of pick those guys' brains and learn as much as I can from them and just kind of emulate them in terms of their habits before and after training and stuff like that. Cause they've all been doing it for a while and that's ultimately something that I want to be doing too. So I figured to kind of follow their lead as best I can. It's, it's a good thing to do. Well, I got to say, this has been fantastic. But before I let you go, I have to subject you to the lightning round. Are you ready? All right, I am. Popcorn. Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Uh, I guess Marvel. Super Mario or Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, Super Mario. Favorite team to play as in FIFA? Um, I'll say uh, Arsenal. And last but not least, this is the new question for this year. The survey I'll be giving all the players. Who has the worst haircut on the New York Red Bulls 2? Ooh. 
I don't know. There's some honestly. There's some good ones. I mean, <laughs> Caden Clark has got some good flow going. I don't know. I think mine is actually. I mean, in terms of like, I don't know. My I got. I might have to kind of step my hair game up. I've been keeping it simple with the bus cut for like the last six years. But maybe it's time to. I mean, I don't know. Joe Fallas got some great flow too. A little bit going on. I don't know. There's some. There's some good hair, and then. I don't know. Lemma, he's got a little feathery kind of lettuce coming out of the back a little bit too. When he's got it, when he's got it toned up there with the gel. So I don't know. Those are some good. I probably say I'm. I'll probably say mine is the worst right now. I got to step it up a little bit for sure. I got. I got to think that there's yet to be a player that's chosen themselves uh, for one of these questions, and I, I applaud it. I think that's pretty great. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to be a good teammate. You know, I mean, don't want to throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> You, you've heard it here first, guys. All of you New York Red Bulls 2 players picking all these other people for these awards. For yeah, shame. hopefully the other guys don't pick me. They pick themselves too, but we'll see. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, it's been great talking to you. I'm, I'm hoping for lots of success for you for the future, and uh, good luck this Friday. Many thanks. Thank you. And when we come back, we're going to preview that match against Hartford, so stick around. And we're back. Wallace Lapsley, everyone, picks himself for worst haircut on the team. You got to <laughs> admire that. Sign of a good teammate. Yeah. I guarantee you, Wallace, that these other guys are definitely going to be throwing other people under the bus. So <laughs> maybe not. I feel like maybe <laughs> maybe this is a rough question to ask, ask them. Nobody wants to upset anybody else. These are all newcomers. I feel like uh, Evan and Derek and Tyler uh, in the past probably would have no problem calling people out with terrible <laughs> uh, Oh, the names of yesteryear. Let's talk about Hartford Athletic. Uh, in their previous match, uh, they didn't play, so we don't have anything. They've got a new coach, Roddy Jody. Did I say that name right? Jody. Uh, I hope that I did. I'm really sorry, Roddy, if I did not. Uh, he takes over for former Kansas City goalkeeper Jimmy Nielsen. And, uh, you know, a little bit of turmoil around Hartford last year. They were part of a uh, a story on The Athletic about um, uh, having difficulty off the field and finances around players. <laughs> I don't know the story well <laughs> enough to talk to it right now. I just remember it coming out. Uh, so... Uh, maybe I've got that entirely wrong. You guys can let us know. Send it to questions at raisingbulls.com. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about their setup. They've got uh, a goalkeeper, Michael Novotny, Parfait Mandanda, which that is a great name to quote Shrek. Who doesn't love a Parfait? Um, defenders, Alejandro Lara, Matea Silva, a guy that we know very well. He's been on the show, Kevin Pollitz. Alex Davey, Arthur Rogers, Noah Paravinci, Paravicini, sorry, uh, Sam Strong, Andrea Diaz, midfield Mads Jorensen, no relation to uh, Matias Jorensen, uh, Danny Barrera, Gabriel Torres. Uh, I think that, um, oh, maybe I could be wrong about him. Hold on. Uh, I'll get back to him. Nikki Downs, Aiden uh, Macias. Harry Schwartz, uh, Tyreek Johnson, and Connor McGlynn. And then up top, Mac Steves. That's two E's. Uh, Hugh Alexander Dixon. We all know Hugh Dixon. And then, of course, Ever Guzman, Mexican forward, signed with the team. He was previously with San Antonio. He's 31 years old, 24 goals in the league so far. Uh, And his first preseason match... With his new team, he scores four goals on New England Revolution, or the New England Revolution two, rather. You got to think like, all right, you got a, a dangerous striker up top. These guys have a lot to prove after a tough first season, and uh, the Red Bulls two are absolutely vulnerable right now. Yeah, I mean, coming off a loss, you think you know they they'd be a little bit more motivated coming, you know, staying home, and you know they're trying to regaining some momentum uh, before they head out on the road. Uh, but Hartford isn't, you know, 
they're not a they're not a slouch. I mean, you know, even last year, uh, they weren't necessarily a good team, but they gave the Red Bulls some trouble in some of their games. And um, you know, they they have someone familiar uh, to the team. Kevin Pollitz is there. I you know thought he did a pretty good job defensively while he was here. So we'll uh, that'll be fun to kind of see him again. And um, there, you know, we haven't seen this team play yet, but um, again, having a dangerous striker seems to cause the Red Bulls problem. Uh, Red Bulls two problems in the past, and you know they're gonna have the the back line's gonna have to be in sync. Uh, I think they let Tampa, especially with Tampa, you, you know Tampa's dangerous forwards. I think they kind of missed some of their chances uh, in the game last weekend. So uh, we'll see how it goes this week. Yeah, I think I think one of the big things is gonna be who is available in this lineup. I want to see So and Elney start up top. That's my biggest thing. But I also understand the realities of, is Matthias Jorensen going to be traveling with the first team to Minnesota? He he went out to Utah with Tom, but didn't see any time in that match. Do they bring him again? Um, considering how they, they've kind of shifted to the 4-2-3-1 uh, towards the end of matches the last couple of weeks. Uh, so is he going to be available? Is he going to be someone that's playing around uh, with the twos? And then we know that they struggle in the four triple two at Red Bull two. They've struggled a little bit with the first team as well. Uh, But last year when they trotted out the formation, I think that's when things started to get a little bit dicey, especially after uh, Barlow moved up to the first team. So we'll have to see if they're able to kind of get that together and, and figure out how to best um, uh, utilize the system with the, the players that they have. And then the other thing, and we didn't talk about this, but you know they've got the losing streak going, dating back to last year. There's one through line through all that, and do you know what that is? He's not going to like that I tell you. Uh, what is it? It's Zach. Zach being at matches. They don't win when oh, he's there. Oh boy. <laughs> Zach is uh, comms for Red Bull 2, uh, in case you don't know. Uh, he helps out with the show tremendously, and we're big fans of him. But uh, by his own admission, he has cursed the team. <laughs> he Whoa. has not seen them win in quite a long time. I can say it, and it sounds way worse when I say it like this. He hasn't seen the team win since last year. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, Friday the 13th is, um, I mean, maybe. maybe That's when you buck a curse, right? Yeah, but maybe maybe you know they cancel each other out and they win on Friday. Oh, there you go. I was saying that like the thirteenth, that might be good to 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 get uh, the mojo headed in the other direction and could be turn it around. Could be. Yeah. So, uh, John Wallenek, I'm sure that you're listening to this. Make sure if you want to win, you figure out how to get Zach out of the building. You can't let him be there. Lock him in the bathroom. <laughs> Lock him in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't let him out of the uh, the team bus or something. Um, what would they do? Oh, like a janitor's closet. Yeah. Like trick him to go in there and then just lock the door. You're good to go. Have him have him stand on the garage. Like he's not he's not there, but he's there. Yeah. So so <laughs> he could be up with the spectators on top of the parking garage. <laughs> uh, for those of you who have not been out to MSU. Uh, there are quite a few people that just stand in the parking garage and watch those matches. Not as many as are in the stands, but they're they're out there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we don't know enough about Hartford. This is you know deja vu to last week where we didn't know enough about Red Bulls too. Um, we don't know enough about Hartford to really talk to what we think they're going to do. But I want to get your idea of what kind of roster. Or what kind of starting eleven you want to see out there? So goalkeeper. Uh, I guess it depends if Mir is back. I I would say Wallace Lapsley after his performance last week. Yeah, you got to play the hot hand. I think that he did really well. Let's keep Wallace back there. Uh, who's uh, your back line? Um, I would say, I would say keep it the same as last weekend, except when. Um, uh, uh, his name escapes me right now. Uh, keep, yeah, keep it the same as last weekend. Um, I think Nealis and, um, oh wow. His name really escapes me right now. And I feel Joe so Fala? bad. Uh, yes. That would be the tallest backline ever. 
<laughs> Joe Fala is six foot seven, ladies and gentlemen. The guy is just ridiculously tall. I think six seven. Maybe I'm thinking of Wallace. They're both really tall guys. Okay. Um, I'm thinking both of them. Um, because uh, I well, sorry, uh, sorry, not Neilis. Uh, Preston Kilwine and Fala, and then. Uh, I think we'll see Agbo again, and I think we will see um, uh, Boonthonga as well. Um, I would do... I guess it really depends on who's going to be down with the first team, um, from the first team. Uh, I would say Kyle Zayats. We didn't really talk to him talk to him about him that much. I would oh, say yeah, he, he's, he'll be in there. Um, he'll be in there again. Chris Lemmo will probably be there again. Um, Jared will be there uh, I'm going to say Omir is going to be there, but I would do Jared, Omir, and then the front two I would do So and Elney. Uh, um, probably, won't be, it probably won't be that because it depends who comes down, but I would do So and Elney up front. Talking about uh, Kyle and Chris in the midfield, I think one thing that I want to see from them, there's they took, they took care of the ball, I think, in possession. They didn't really have a ton of, of bad giveaways, but... I thought that they maybe played a little too safe at times, which is it's okay. That's not a bad thing to do in the system, and it can be important to make sure that you, you're not exposed on the counter. Uh, but I want to see them try to find uh, players in wide positions a little bit more, you know, uh, leading them up the field. Um, just uh, just something I want to see over the next couple of weeks. I agree. I think that, you know, I, I think I, they. I think Tampa just did a good job of their their midfield was really tough to break down. I think they just had trouble breaking the lines. I don't think it'll be similar in this game though. I think they'll be able to maybe maybe this game will bring some confidence to them, and they'll hopefully take that you know, you know hopefully take that throughout the season. I think I think Tampa was a tough game to start. It was a tough game, a very tough game for them to start the season, and I'm hoping they're not putting too much in. On that, even though it wasn't the greatest game, they it was still pretty much a lot of new guys trying to gel together against a really good team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, all right, fair. Uh, let's get a prediction. Um, I'm gonna say three-one Red Bulls too. Okay, uh, I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a closer match. I'm gonna say it's a a one nothing victory for Red Bulls too. Well, you know what? Two to one. I think they'll they'll give up the goal. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Okay. Uh, I think that just about does it for us this week. Joe, I'll let you. I'll let you take the mic. What do you want to say to the people out there? <laughs> um, there's a lot of Red Bull two players in the in USL right now. Four ex Red Bull two uh, players in USL right now. Um, killing it. Brandon Allen had a goal. Zach Carroll had a goal this past weekend. Junior Flemings still killing it in Phoenix, uh, along with. Did you Jose just Aguinaga, did you I'm just sure struggle we'll... to remember Phoenix? No. Oh, it sounded like you had a long like pause. Uh, killing it in, uh, and I was like, "Come on, Joe, that's your team." That's not. It's not my team. I just like. I just like the way they play. Even though they didn't win USL Cup last year, which is disappointing. We're gonna. We're gonna um, meme. We're gonna meme you as Terrell Owens, saying, <laughs> "That's my team. That's my team." <laughs> um, but a lot of X Red Bull two players played pretty, or you know, are going to be instrumental to the team. I, I also completely forgot. Then John Christoph Kofi is a part of Memphis too, and I will have oh, to yeah. put that in my extra Bill Two report. Yeah, because I, I I I was watching the highlights of that game, and I'm like, wait a second, I'm like, did you say Kofi? I'm like, there's only one Kofi I know, and not Kofi Kingston, the wrestler, but John Christoph Kofi. I think that's who fair. Is a, um, who him and Dan Metzger will probably be a pretty solid partnership in that midfield this yeah. season. So Dan the butcher. Um, <laughs> but uh oh and um someone i think tweeted this out already but um tyler pasher will be in mls next season yes um, i think that was our friend he, brian he, it might have been uh it might have been yes, be- he, it might have been goose but i think it was brian cook um who said that tyler pasher will be in mls next year i think that that's a decent yeah guess. he is um 
that 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 second that first goal he scored was uh a pretty it was really impressive that and, run uh he beat um yeah and and he beat tim howard so um i mean tim impressive howard is, all around uh, that's an old man it's still tim it's still tim howard <laughs> do you think i mean well, i know so sporting okay. kansas city right, yeah. had pasher on the books i wonder if he's still like Ooh. their player if someone's gonna have to wrestle them from him nope wrestle him from mm. them Mm, that would be interesting because uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I I'd have to look that up, but um, yeah, they uh, they definitely Indy Eleven definitely. I mean, they struggled in that first half, but they definitely looked the part. Also, um, I also uh, forgot that David DeGem is on uh, New Mexico United. Yeah, so there's three ex Red Bull two Tenari and Najem and uh, who's the other one? Mondo Moreno. Oh yes, Amado Moreno. Excellent. Okay. And guys. Romeo Parks is out there too. Oh, <laughs> Romeo Parks. <laughs> All right, guys. That brings us to the end of the show. If you want to follow us on Twitter? I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at Jstein15. We both write for the Red Bulls News Network, RB News Network on Twitter. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's a one bull raising bull cast. And, of course, that's on Twitter. You can follow us at Facebook.com slash RaisingBulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. You can send us questions for each episode to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. We are holding our breath. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us, rate us, review us. It helps. Every tiny bit helps. And we would really appreciate it. Make the algorithms work for us, people. We're on BGN.FM. That's the Beautiful Game Network. They're covering MLS, USL, Premier League, NWSL. Go there, read, listen. Lots of great content for everyone to ingest. And I would highly recommend it. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarves.com. And last but not least... Are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. For myself, for Joe Steen, for Wallace Lapsley... Thank you very much, and have a great night.